Hello, podcast listeners. We know podcasts are a great way to catch up on a program that you may have missed on KSJE, and it's provided as a free service of this radio station. But you know, KSJE is now listener-supported, and so while you enjoy this podcast, we hope that you'll also take some time to join KSJE. Become a member today. It's quite easy to do. Just go to our website at ksje.com support and pick the level of support that best matches your budget. Thanks again for listening. Here's your podcast. Eleven minutes past eight o'clock. It is Tuesday morning, the twenty-first day of February, twenty twenty-two. Good morning, everybody. I'm Scott Micklin, and thank you for tuning in to KSJE ninety point nine FM over the air, of course, here in San Juan County. One hundred three point three FM over the air in Durango, Colorado, and streaming everywhere else on the planet. When you go to our website to listen, ksje.com. Welcome also to our viewers who are joining us this morning. This video is streaming out live to our KSJE Facebook page, our YouTube channel, and even our Twitter account. So good morning, everybody. We're glad that you are all with us today. Coming up in the next few moments, my conversation with the superintendent of Aztec Schools, Kevin Summers, is here. We're talking about a number of things that are going on in the district and also some uh, legislation in Santa Fe. Stay tuned for that conversation coming up in the next few moments right here on KSJE. Then later on this hour, of course, it is Tuesday. We always check in with Amber Francisco over at the Farmington Regional Animal Shelter on Tuesdays at 8.50 a.m. She'll be telling us about some of the pets available for adoption this week, including Georgia. That's the cat you see on the screen right there who was looking for her forever home. Coming up at 9.06, it's Roving with the Arts with Mick Hess. And today, Mick is featuring music from Elgar and Beethoven. That's coming up today after the news, 9.06 on KSJE Today. Don't forget, you can also connect with us on our Instagram page in addition to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And if you're a podcast person, you can subscribe for free to KSJE Podcast. You'll find them probably where you're already listening to podcasts. So check us out and maybe find a new program that you may have missed recently. Outside our studios here at San Juan College, we have a winter weather advisory in effect because of some increasing clouds and snow in the forecast. But right now, it's mostly sunny with a temperature of 32 degrees this morning. The forecast calls for increasing clouds today, but mild weather, 54 degrees for a high in Farmington. Increasing clouds and winds overnight tonight with a good chance of rain or snow showers. Tonight's low down to 39 degrees. And then tomorrow, another good chance for rain and snow showers with a high of 41 on Wednesday. Uh, 25 degrees for a low Wednesday night with another 50% chance of snow showers. By Thursday, partly sunny skies with a high near 40 and an overnight low of 31. Well, let me turn to my guest who is here with me this morning, back in Studio A with me, Superintendent of Schools for the Aztec School District. Kevin Summers is here. Mr. Summers, good morning. Good morning, Scott. Welcome back. Welcome back, right? Thank good, you. Good Thanks to have you. Me. Yeah. You've sent a few other, other folks from the district, and so yeah. it's great to have you back and to talk a little bit about uh, how things are going with the new year, of course, and now everyone's looking, I guess, at uh, May, probably, huh? Yeah. yeah. Or spring uh, break. Spring Maybe spring break first. Yeah, spring break Let's not get ahead of ourselves. May, but... Uh, 
You know, the weather is really really something that we're curious about. So, so right. your forecast thinking, oh, no, I hope that that doesn't come. You may have an early morning tomorrow. We may have you have to make morning. some decisions yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, and I did want to ask you because you've been um, – the district mm-hmm. has been going a little bit back and forth about virtual learning, some, some bad weather days, and also just calling it a snow day and letting the kids right. – have a have a snow day. Have a snow sleep day. In. Yeah. So so there's. Uh, I, I think the first place to start is what does the law say, right? The, right. When when it comes to school calendars, the law's pretty clear that uh, there's a specific number of hours that school districts are required to have uh, students in seat for instruction. Um, having having the virtual option helps us a little bit maintain those hours. Um, and then there's a regulation. It's called uh, NMAC, the, the New Mexico Administrative Code. Um, that regulation actually uh, dictates the number of days that a school district has to have. So 180 days, 990 hours for elementary, 1,080 hours for secondary. Um, as a district, we're well over those statutory minimums in terms of the number of hours. Um, but we have, we have a little bit of a w- wiggle room uh, when it comes to the days. So one of the things that we've tried to do over the last year and a half is is really kind of um, have this delicate balance of instruction's important, but so is being a kid and playing in the snow. Um, and so so kind of the, the litmus test for us is how do we determine when it's a cancellation versus when it's a, a snow day? Or excuse me, a virtual day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really for us, it, it came down to this idea of two-hour delays. So what happens during a two-hour delay? Um, typically what happens is by 6 o'clock we see that the road conditions are, are a little hazardous, but we expect that those road conditions will, um, will lighten up or lessen within about a two-hour period. Um, so for us, we thought, well, that's, that's the easiest thing to do. If we're going to call a two-hour delay, instead of getting people on the road and hoping that the, the weather actually cooperates, we can just shift to a virtual learning day versus a cancellation or a snow day for us. Um, it's when the road conditions at six o'clock are not favorable um, or not forecasted to be favorable moving forward. So a lot of times there's ice in the forecast or low temperatures and that kind of dictates our model. So um, we've gotten to kind of the point in time where we're, we're running out of days that we can actually cancel for snow days. Um, but we're really thankful for our community and our, our teachers, our, our parents, our students, to be able to to kind of have that balance with us and say yes it's okay to play in the snow every now and then because we'll we'll also have these virtual days yeah, because you built in a little bit of that wiggle room I guess right exactly. and you're able to, to do that and and to be clear you're not looking at the road conditions outside district offices you are looking at the road conditions elsewhere in the district which stretches to the Colorado state line and Correct. out to Navajo yeah. Dam and and some of those far-flung areas that the conditions could be very different than they are in downtown Aztec exactly so so there's a lot of times where We'll, we'll make a call based off of some of those outlier regions um, when in town it's, it's perfectly fine. Um, and, and in some cases it, it might be perfectly fine on the main roads on 550, on 516, uh, but when you start getting down those, those city streets and even those county roads, uh, things, things get a little tough for us, especially when we're dealing with a lot of uh, roads that are dirt. Uh, dirt quickly turns to mud, and when you've got a big heavy bus like that, it's, it makes it really difficult to travel. Very true. So, yeah, our, our district runs all the way from Flora Vista to the Navajo uh, Dam up to Colorado border. We have a little bit of Crouch Mesa as well. So we've, we've got a pretty big geographic footprint that we have to take into consideration. Right, and lots of elevations in that 
Correct. footprint for sure. And I imagine staff travel is also a consideration too, because I would think maybe some of your staff is driving down maybe from Durango, maybe Correct. from other parts of uh, of Colorado to teach at Aztec schools or work at Aztec schools. Yeah, absolutely. We've got, uh, we've got teachers and, and administrators from all over the area, um, as far as Viacito or maybe even farther. Um, and then you know, closer to Hesperus and things of that sort as well. So um, when we make a decision with regard to, to travel and snow, um, we really have to take into account first what's best for students and then second what's best for the adults. Right. Uh, we want to be safe with everybody. And to alert parents of, of things that are going on, whether it's a virtual day or a, or a snow day, you have one of those call-out systems, I would assume, that we do. will call parents and let them know. I guess only works if the parents have their numbers updated in that, in that system. I know yes. the radio stations and TV stations also will announce, but the more direct way certainly is to call parents and let them know. Yes. So uh, when we when we make these notifications, obviously uh, KSJE has been a great partner and, and help us get the word out, but so does uh, some of the bigger media outlets like KRQE. Mm -hmm. um, but we send out a text message, a phone call, and then we also push the notification to our app. So we have an app in the That's right. Google Play or, or iTunes, I guess it's iTunes, Apple Store, right, right, uh, called the AMSD app, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Aztec Municipal School District. And, and you can set that up for push notifications, regardless of what school your child attends or if there's multiple schools, uh, it can push all those notifications directly to your phone. Very good, but only, but only if your number is up to date. But your well, phone, the app is going to work yeah, no matter what. Yeah, the app what. is going to work no matter what. Yeah, correct. True. Yeah. Okay, very good. Well, good to know. No predictions yet for tomorrow? Uh, hopefully hopefully <laughs> we're in school as normal, but okay. no predictions uh, yet. We, well, we do get up. Uh, our transportation team gets up pretty early, probably around 2 o'clock in the morning uh, on, on days like this. Um, and... Probably by about four o'clock, we're having some pretty robust conversations. Because they're driving around, right? To look at if the conditions are questionable, they're out there on those roads to see for That's themselves exactly what right. what things are looking like, right? Yep, one hundred percent. Gotcha. Well, good luck. Thank you. Could be a short night for some <laughs> folks, but maybe not. We'll see. I mean, we normally uh, we've had a pretty snowy winter, um, which is good for the water and the and and the mountains. We certainly like to see it up in the mountains, but to see the snow kind of hanging around down here in the valleys is a little unique. So it makes it a little tough, that's yeah. for sure. But hopefully, with thirty nine degrees being the low, uh, right, we, we don't have too much to look forward to. Hopefully not. Maybe just a delay, but we'll see. We'll let you make that call. Crush fingers. All right. We'll, we'll pass on the word when we get it. So that's <laughs> that's important. Um, the state legislature is meeting, of course, in Santa Fe. It's about, I think we're just past the midway point of Correct. the 60-day session. And so there are some bills that you're watching with great interest, as I'm sure a lot of other folks are, um, that may relate to um, the school district and some of the things we we're talking about, like days of instruction, I think, mm -hmm. too. That's one of the things that's on the on the table um, this year. What are some of the things you're hearing about regarding that bill? Sure. So there's actually two competing bills that, that regard um, instructional time. So as I mentioned earlier, currently law dictates the number of hours that students have to go to school. So it's 990 hours for elementary and 1,080 hours for secondary. And there's two bills that aim to change that. Um, the first is House Bill 130, um, and what House Bill 130 wants to do is increase the number of hours for all students, K through 12, to 1140 hours. So effectively what it kind of feels like is an extra 25 days for elementary students and an extra uh, about 10 days for uh, secondary. Um, but House Bill 130 has some flexibility built into it where you can actually increase the, the hours uh, of the instructional day and not have to add days. And you can also embed up to 60 hours of professional development and count it as instructional time. So 
um, as a superintendent's association, we always talk about more is not better, but rather better is better. So the premise behind it, the embedding of that instructional or uh, professional development as instructional time is to increase the quality of the instruction that actually takes place, right? Give teachers time to prep, um, uh, count it as instructional time, and then the, we'll see those results take place in the classroom. Right. And could that mean more early release <clears throat> days maybe for, for students to, to accommodate things like you're talking about? Or? Uh, potentially, depending on the district. So I what, see. It, what it would look like for us is, you know, every Friday we have an early release day. And so there's about two and a half hours that we don't get to count for instruction. But under House Bill 130, we would be able to recoup those. Okay. So we wouldn't have to change our calendar um, if House Bill 130 were to pass in its current drafted form. I see. The competing bill to House Bill 130 is House Bill 194, um, which is it, it's really kind of an interesting dynamic, you know, as, as legislature sometimes is. House Bill 130 was sponsored and endorsed by... Um, the Legislative Education Study Committee. So that's an interim committee that takes place when legislation is not in session. Right. They spend all year kind of researching education, talking to education, uh, educational systems and, and superintendents and teachers. And so uh, LESC kind of proposed House Bill 130. There's another bill, House Bill 194, that did not come out of LESC. Um, and it's a very similar bill. It, it seeks to increase hours to 1140, but it doesn't take into account that kind of local flexibility of, of embedded professional development time. Mm. So uh, ultimately what it would cause districts like Aztec to do is either one of two things, either abandon our early release days that we currently have or add more days to the calendar. And I don't, I don't know that anybody really wants that because, again, more is not better, but better is better. Right. Um, so we've been really active, uh, not only as a district, but also as a superintendent's association, really talking with uh, not only our, our local legislators, but the legislators around the state, uh, and, and really trying to impress upon them that same idea, better is better. Um, and so how do we make education better without essentially burning it to the ground and starting over? Um, we think that House Bill 130 is the way to go. Gotcha. So. And certainly no predictions yet on where, how these are going to wind their ways through the legislative process. And there's only 30 days left. Chances are um, one or both may, may get a final vote, but there's the committee process and all that, right? And that's where they right. are. So uh, House Bill 130, I think, actually is going to be going to the floor pretty soon of okay. the House. Uh, okay. It's still going to have to switch over to the Senate. Um, House Bill 194, I think, is still in committee. It's in the House Ed Committee. Hasn't been heard yet. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there's also a potential for amendments to take place. That's, sure. That's kind of the, the hard part when you're talking about dual chambers is, is amendments take place, and then that process essentially has to start over again. Right. But it seems like there's some type of at least consensus that some something needs to be done to instructional hours, instructional days for, for local schools in our in our state. Is that a fair statement, you think? I think absolutely. I, I don't think And the governor, I think, has been in support of that too, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think if... You, you know, there's a couple different ways you can look at it. Um, the first is, let's look to our neighbors to the north, right, uh, Colorado. I think their minimum number of days in a school year is 160, 165, somewhere in that neighborhood. So it's lower than our threshold. And most of the districts actually uh, exceed that. Um, and when you look at how students in Colorado perform comparatively to students in New Mexico on the, the NAEP assessment, the National Assessment of Academic Performance, or evaluation of academic performance. Um, Colorado comes in at number seven uh, pretty consistently. It's, it's the only co state 
um, west of the, the Mississippi that is in the top 10. Um, and so, so there's a couple different ways you can look at it. You can look at it with, well, more isn't necessarily better. Let's look at Colorado. Um, or we can also look at it as, well, we recognize that a, a lot of students in our state are probably underserved. Um, COVID didn't do anybody any favors, especially those students that don't have, you know, access to electricity and, and Wi-Fi and things of that sort. Um, and so I think that this is a great compromise for us to be able to say, here's how we kind of recuperate that time um, and maybe build something a little bit more systematic moving forward. And sustainable, would you say? I, hope, I think so. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the problem that I see, um, and again, this is just my, my personal viewpoint. It's not necessarily that of the district, but... But you have a few years in, under your belt in education. Sure, so let's, yes. Let's put that on the table. <laughs> yes, sir. The thing that I've, I've seen specifically in the last five years is legislature is really moving towards this idea of more is better. Um, and so I think it might be 1140 hours this year, but what happens in two years? Do we, do we move to 1200 hours? And what about five years down the road? Are we at 1260 hours? Um, and at what point is it just year round schooling? Um, and so I think that th that's very dangerous because not only do students need kind of that rest and relaxation time, but, but so do the staff, so do teachers. Um, and, and I think we already have a teacher crisis in this state and adding more hours, um, fast and furiously probably isn't going to do a whole lot to, to help that problem. Right. Fair enough. Well, we'll see how these, these two competing bills uh, fare in the, uh, in the roundhouse as, uh, as things kind of wrap up here in the 60-day session with about 25 or so days to go, um, and we'll see how that goes. One of the other things that I, I know is being talked about is graduation requirements, too, and that's another yeah. issue um, that I wanted to ask you about, and, and there are some bills along those lines, too, correct? Correct. Um, this is actually something that uh, I've worked with Representative Lane on. I've worked with the LESC on as well. Um, graduation requirements. So, so the bill is House Bill 126. Um, I believe that actually went to the floor this weekend. Um, and, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to track a bill on, on the legislative website. But um, I think it went to the House this weekend. I expect that it, it passed the House floor. I haven't, haven't checked it yet. Um, what House Bill 126 aims to do is change the number of uh, graduation requirements, change the number of credits from 24 to 22. And a lot of folks say, oh, you're, you're watering things down, but I think it actually does the exact opposite. It has the exact opposite effect. Um, what House Bill 126 now does is it opens up this, this window of dual credit for students. It opens up this window of the world of work for students. And it actually allows students meaningful experiences to take place while in high school to kind of figure out what they want to do when they grow up, right? Um, and I really wish I had this when I was in high school um, because I, I believed, hey, I'm going to be a doctor. Um, as you know, Scott, I am not a doctor, right? right. Um, and what happened was I had to get into college and I had to get a couple years into that coursework and start doing some practicums out in the uh, medical field for me to realize, ooh, this really isn't something I'm interested in. So imagine the time and money I could have saved had I been able to have that experience in high school. Um, so House Bill 126 kind of opens that door for kids. Um, Primarily what it does in the core subject areas when we're talking about like language arts and mathematics, it takes away Algebra 2 as a requirement in mathematics. Um, it does require Algebra 1 in geometry or, or some sort of, you know, integrated math 1, integrated math 2 sequence. Um, and students still have to have two other math credits for a total of four, but it opens up the possibility. So if I'm a, 
if I'm a student that uh, really interested in construction trades, maybe not necessarily degree seeking, um, but it allows me to substitute some of those uh, math credits, maybe at San Juan College as dual credit, uh, but maybe also like materials science, um, things that are very math heavy. Um, if I'm a degree seeking student, I know I want to be an engineer or, or, or a doctor or whatever, um, it allows me now to dual enroll here at San Juan College or one of our other partnering institutions and be able to take some of those higher level math courses and get credit for them so they can walk across the stage as seniors um, and, and could have between 18 and 36 college credits already under their belts. Interesting. And we're seeing some of that already, are we not? I mean, we there are. are dual credit students coming to San Juan College. I know they are. And I know um, there are some, I think, classes in, in the districts that are offering dual credit as, as well. Isn't that That's correct. Working? So, and so, it's a great deal for parents, right? Because oh, these, are, these are tuition-free and book, you don't have to buy the books and everything else, right? right. So there you go. Yeah, it's great. And, and to give you an example, uh, fall of last year, fall semester, we had about 86 students taking dual credit courses. Um, this, this current fall semester, uh, well, the last fall semester, I guess, of the current year, um, we had 208 students. So wow, we had about 150% a increase. increase. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like you said, it's a great deal, right? Um, and for me, when I look at it, I think about the difference between dual credit and AP courses, which, um, you know, we're, we're not against AP courses. We still offer AP courses. And if that's the route that students want to take, then so be it. But the difference between a dual credit course and an AP course is in an AP course, not only do I have to pass the class, but then I have to set for the test and I have to get a certain score on the test in order to be awarded that credit versus in a dual credit class, if I pass the class, I get the credit. Right. And it's a sure thing, right? Um, when we look at kind of the, the success rates uh, with our students in particular, 75% of students who take a class here at uh, San Juan College, whether on campus or virtual, they're successful. Um, we offer 14 of those dual credit courses on our campus with either our instructor or a San Juan College instructor, and they have about a 95% success rate. So we're, we're starting to see that, oh, it makes, the, the environment makes a difference. Right. Um, so True. if we can keep kids in the environment that, that they're comfortable with and we can wrap them up with some supports, they can be more successful. So we've had a great conversation with the staff here at San Juan College, and we're making some making some headway on it. I think it's going to be great. That's great. Well, that is great. And yeah. the and the winner here is the is the students. Absolutely. I think and the, who get to, you know, experience some of these things and learn some of these things and and prepare them for whatever their next uh, next thing is after after high school whether it's coming here full time or going into the workforce or, or whatever the case may be. 100%. Um, you know, I think I have a dream that every student that goes through Aztec schools graduates with one of two things, either an associate's degree uh, well, maybe one of three things, an associate's degree, an industry certification, or some credits towards one of those things, right? Whether they're stackable credentials or, or what have you. Because even if I know I want to be an over-the-road truck driver, I know I'm going to need a CDL. Why can't we start preparing students for a CDL while they're in high school? Um, it benefits the student, it benefits the community, the economy, uh, and the taxpayer at, at the end of the day. Right, which is where we're headed. That's where it we're headed. sounds like, right? Exactly. Yeah. But still no love lost between you and Algebra 2. No, we hear no that love clearly. Lost. We hear that clearly. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Something like 21% of the, the, the job market is STEM-related. Of that 21%, there more than half of uh, people who are in those fields don't have a degree. Um, and so that kind of makes us think that maybe Algebra 2 isn't, 
isn't the be all end all for right. us. But if somebody still wants to take algebra too, one hundred percent, they could take offer it. it. They will be able to take it at <laughs> yes. Aztec schools. We just don't want it required for all students. There you are. Very good. Um, before we run out of time, Mr. Summers, I want to ask you a little bit about this idea to form a state board of education. Um, as opposed to maybe a, a director of the public education department. And it mm -hmm. seems like we have another opening at a cabinet level yeah. um, position. Um, the, the cabinet secretary for the PED has, has left. And so uh, what are you hearing? Again, state legislature, they are talking about maybe revamping the PED, the public education department, for this state board of education type of, uh, of, a, of a system. Right. So this isn't a new idea. No, um, right. And other states to, have it. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, and New Mexico actually had it. Actually, prior to 2003, there was a state board of education. Um, but uh, a constitutional amendment was made to, to kind of dissolve that. Um, so Senate Joint Resolution 1, which is actually sponsored by Senator Neville here locally, mm -hmm. um, it aims to reinstate a state board of education. We believe that consistency is an extremely important. Um, there's 89 school districts and I think 98 charters across our state. Um, of the 89 school districts alone, you know, we're looking at about a 30% turnover rate for superintendents annually. Um, like you said, our, our public education department, we see, um, I think we're on our fifth secretary of education under the current administration. That makes it really hard to, to play by the rules when the rules are constantly changing. Um, so, so Senate Joint Resolution 1 looks like it's got support from uh, both sides of the aisle and both sides of the roundhouse. Um, it would aim to reinstate that State Board of Education. Uh, they would then um, hire a, a state superintendent. So it would operate just like other school boards operate, right, locally. Right. And um, these uh, state Board of Education members would be elected, I guess, then from, from districts? Is so that some the of idea? them would be. I, I I, I've, I've heard that there's a couple of different configurations okay. that are being Maybe proposed. Maybe some appointed, some elected. Right. Mm -hmm. In the draft bill, um, I think 10 of them were elected and five were appointed. I see. Uh, by the governor. So I, I've heard a couple different configurations. I think we'll see what happens when the dust settles. But gotcha. Ultimately, I think it's a great move. It's something that, that provides consistency for our state, consistency for our systems, consistency for our schools. Right. So... But they would be the ones then who to appoint the state superintendent who then would be able to, I guess, then direct the districts, I guess, as Correct. to what they would like to do. Is that yeah. the idea? It, it would essentially be the secretary of education, right? Mm -hmm. um, so they would, they would direct uh, the public education department. Um, and because of that, I think um, there's some criteria that's written in that resolution as to who can this person be. Obviously, it needs to be somebody who has knowledge of New Mexico. It needs to be somebody who is an administrator. Um, and it can't just be any Joe Schmo off the street, which I think is beneficial for kids again. Right, right. And I, and I think the only other concern that some folks have when we're talking about electing um, these state boards, these other, other folks would be, do they have any or, um, accreditation, I guess, to get on the ballot to be a potential state board of education candidate, right? Do the, is there some standards for those people? You know, that's a great question. I don't know. I haven't seen anything in uh, the draft version of the bill or the resolution, excuse me. Um, but it's just like our local school boards. There's True. really not a whole lot of criteria for who can run on, uh, uh, on a ballot for a school board. Um, but one thing that we have done is, as districts across the, the state and, and throughout time is, is we've kind of trained them, right? We, we teach our boards, here's, here's the law, here's mm -hmm. the rules, here's what we have to do. Um, and so I think the same thing uh, applies to a state board is there's a training process that has to occur. Right. And that is what happens with local school boards. I know for a new board member who gets elected, there's a fairly 
um, rigorous training, I think, that takes place in Albuquerque for new members of boards of education and old members too, right? To Correct. kind of refresh yeah. some of their knowledge as well as things do change mm -hmm. from, from year to year. Yeah, there's, uh, there's actually three or four uh, embedded opportunities throughout the year. Um, school boards are required to have a certain number of hours of training. Um, and then there's actually programs like the, uh, oh, I forget what it's called now, um, uh, exemplary board member training, something along those lines. Um, that go in ex excess of those minimum hours of uh, training. Gotcha. And before we go, um, salaries for teachers, is that still being discussed at the, at the roundhouse? I haven't heard too much about that. Yeah, but. so there's, there's, uh, there's not a direct bill. It's likely what we'll see is we'll see it in House Bill 2, uh, which is the appropriations bill. Um, I've seen three different budgets, one coming from the PED, one coming from LESC, and one coming from uh, LFC, the Legislative Finance Committee. All three of them have about a five, four to five percent average across the board raise. So not necessarily just for teachers, but everybody. Um, but again, I think the the take home message that is is the language. The devil's in the details. Right. So it's a four percent average, which means there'll be some really big winners and there'll be some not so big winners when it comes to that. Gotcha. We'll see what happens with that then. Yes, sir. Very good. Mr. Summers, always great to have you here. Thank you so much for coming over. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much. You... I, I really appreciate being here. Good. Good to have you here, as always. So we'll see you next month. Thank you, sir. Kevin Summers, the superintendent of the Aztec School District, my guest here on KSJE. KSJE and San Juan College present the Student Success Coaching Tip of the Week. Hello, my name is Emin Chi from the Student Achievement Center. We are bringing you week six of Coaching Tips of the Week. Learning new information, students learn new ideas by relating them to what they already know and then transferring them into their long-term memory. Meaningful practice with content can both cement student learning and making it easier for students to remember content in the future, enabling them to tackle increasingly complex challenges the more knowledge that students have about a specific problem, the easier it will be for them to recognize the important aspects of the problem and how to solve it. The Student Success Coaching Tip of the Week, presented by KSJE and the Student Achievement Center at San Juan College. KSJE is supported by the University of Denver Graduate School of Social Work Four Corners program in Durango. Accepting applications for the Advanced Standing MSW program beginning July 2023. Students with a bachelor's degree in social work are eligible for the one-year program. Stipends in child welfare, opioid workforce expansion, and Native American tuition support to eligible students are available. Find out more at du.edu slash socialwork. Did you enjoy that podcast? We hope that you did. And if you did, share it with your friends. And if you really want to keep podcasts like this coming, please support KSJE. You can do it easily online at ksje.com.